Welcome wrestling fans to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us for episode 17. I'm your host, representing the old school wrestling fan, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. And I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. All right, guys, we got another great show for you today. We're, today we're going to be talking about AJ Styles and Grayson Waller. Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly teaming up, but this time in a different company, the Day One Premium Live event, and more. Before we get started, if the fans of the show could take a minute and please like and subscribe to the PW Fan on YouTube, where we have full episodes available, and we're actually going to be getting video content as well posted soon. And if you can, please leave a review on Amazon or rate us on Spotify with that Meltzer five-star rating. It really helps us out. Uh, it goes a long way for us. Just get on there and click it. and It, it would mean so much. For t-shirts, go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan to get your pocket logo shirt and become part of the PW Fan crew in 2022. And last but not least today, we got a big intro today. Thank you to One Stop Wrestling for being today's sponsor. Go to onestopwrestling.com for wrestling news, updates, interviews, and more. All right, boys, let's start the show. Andy, you take it from here. All right. Uh, first, I want to start off by correcting myself from last week's episode when I was talking about AJ and Omos breaking up. They were not a part of a gauntlet match uh, before they broke up. They had just a regularly scheduled tag team match against the Mysterios, so... Uh, I think I got that mixed up with another gauntlet match that was on a different show later in the week, but just wanted to clear that up. Uh, yeah, starting with Raw, though, uh, we had a, a Street Profits beat the Mysterios in the finals of the RK Bronament. So at day one, it's going to be the Street Profits versus RK Bro, which was uh, added to that list of matches. Also later in the night, uh, AJ Styles comes out to the ring and he starts talking about Omos and their breakup. All of a sudden, he spots Grayson Waller in the crowd, and he invites Waller to come into the ring. They do a little bit of a you know promo back and forth. Um, you know, Grayson saying that AJ came to his show. He figured he'd pop up on uh, AJ's show, and that he likes his, he likes Monday Night Raw. Maybe he'll want to stick around. He says, but I wasn't sure where this was going. Um, and like I said, I know we don't really cover NXT. But I'm going to talk about what happened with connection with AJ Styles and Grayson Waller. Um, is that the next night after this Raw, uh, AJ pops on on the Titantron. And I didn't think they were going to end up doing anything with these two, to be honest. But they, they've added a match between AJ Styles and Grayson Waller to this coming Tuesday's New Year's Evil. Um, I guess you can't really call it a pay-per-view because it's on tv but yeah so i thought yeah i thought aj showing up at nxt was just a one-off but apparently they're at least doing a minor program out of it between these two guys so if you're interested in nxt you know that could be a good match and one any thoughts on this whole yeah any thoughts on this whole aj and grayson waller thing i thought it was kind of interesting it's kind of something different like you said like we didn't think anything was going to happen and now ag aj is you know popping up in nxt which I find it kind of cool. It's, you know, a different environment for him. And also, it's just someone fresh for him, really. Because WWE has a habit of doing uh, a million rematches in a row of the same people. So, it's kind of cool to see a fresh feud, kind of. I agree. I think it's cool to see AJ in a different environment. 
uh, away from Omos for a little bit and he's doing something different. And uh, I think it's smart on their part to put one of their biggest guys on this new show and they want to get eyes on the product and it's not it's not a bad idea plus aj's great he's gonna have a great match if they end up going that route uh part of me just wishes that they had done this more back in the black and gold era because there's so many in my head there's so many amazing dream matchups from a few years ago that would have been um, just bangers but this is still cool though it got me to tune back into this new nxt show which uh, i have been lackluster at lately so yeah, I mean, it did what it intended. It's getting people to tune in. Do you guys think they're holding off AJ versus Omos to, like, WrestleMania or something like that? It's only a little bit away. I'm going to be like honest. It. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't know about know. you guys. And I think we mentioned it last week. I don't I don't want to see it either. Yeah, I'd rather see it, you know, some other time, either before Mania, but I don't. I wouldn't like to see it at WrestleMania. I feel like... You know, AJ could have a better feud. Someone else on that, you know, big stage. Someone else like like Edge. Please. Hopefully <laughs> let me ask one day. Now, let me ask you this though: If you're a kid, if you're a kid and you're heavily invested into the WWE product and storyline, and you're like, I don't know, ten, eleven, maybe you're not, maybe you're a little smartened up, but not to the point that, like, obviously, like we are, maybe. And do they want to see AJ versus Omos? Like, is it a big deal to them? I like, feel oh like they gosh, do. They... I really. So I I get that we're possibly a different demographic than what they're going for with this type of thing. But I'm trying to see it through their eyes too. Like if, for instance, I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, like Psycho Sid and Shawn Michaels. Like when I was a kid, I was like. Like, I remember that, but then at the same time, like, if that happened now, I'd be like, uh, I don't know if I really want to see that. So I I think it's all about where you are in your fandom, too, that would make you into maybe a match like this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, So later in the night, though, we had Miz and Maurice renewing their wedding vows, and the, I guess, moderator for it, you could call him. Was Eric Bischoff. Now, this guy just goes from company to company like it's no problem. Um, I mean, it's Easy. always cool to see him on TV. Easy, but, baby. But, uh, yeah, so he's he's moderating this. Um, then Edge comes out, and he's, he's, you know, pretending to scare Miz like something's going to go wrong. But as we all know, wedding... Uh, Wedding-themed events on WWE TV never go uh, smoothly. <laughs> and so at the end, I believe it was the end of the show, um, yeah, Edge dumps a brood bath on them in the middle of the ring and uh, walks out. So it seemed like a little tease for maybe he'll do something brood-wise at uh, the day one pay-per-view, which we'll get into at the end of this podcast. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think right before he wrestled Rollins at SummerSlam, he the sh- the last Raw um, before the pay per view, he had done something just like this to Rollins with the brood bath. So, and then at that SummerSlam, he came out with the brood entrance. So it just makes sense if that were to uh, to happen later. But yeah, what you guys feel about Eric coming back? I I found it really funny. Like when you, I think you texted us during that, 
and you're like, if the Bischoff's the only guy who could do this, because he was literally, yeah. literally like, was it a couple months ago or a little, little yep. bit more than that on AEW? And then he's talking to a- Tony Khan apparently every day, but now Tony, I guess, doesn't call him back, so he went to WWE now. So I guess that's just how it works. This isn't the first time that Tony Khan may or may not have said something that got him in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. We're actually not going to get into that on the show today. Just in case anybody's like waiting for that, we're, we're, we're just not getting into it. But uh, I will say, I thought, it, I mean, I love Eric. I'm a big listener of AD3 Weeks. Him and Conrad, I think, do a great show where they cover, in the beginning of the show, they used to cover um, different things from WCW, and Eric would give insight on what happened on that day and blah, blah, blah. There's some funny episodes one in particular to look for is the Sting Starcade 97 where he showed up with no tan. Him and Conrad getting a big fight. It's pretty funny. Uh, but So I love Eric. I was happy to see him back. It was super cool. Um, my thing with the wedding segment, though, is like, how come they can't just make red blood? Like, does the black make a difference? I know that they don't do red because they think it's like too whatever, but it's like... Does it? Re- I mean, would it, do you think it's that much more graphic if it was red? It's not PG. I don't think that's why. Or they're trying to make it seem like it's not as graphic or something. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I can't even remember the last time I saw blood on WWE television. Yeah, but it's yeah. like. And if they do, it's very is. rare. Yeah. I don't know. See, you got to think they changed War Raiders' name to Viking Raiders because war was too violent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't have any war names in here in this wrestling. Yeah, you know, they're company. changing things like that. You know, yeah, I, I get it. I, I guess sometimes in my fandom, I'm jaded because I'm just like, okay, so you change the color. What, like, what's the big deal? But I'm sure there's logistics. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm sure it's only one man's decision. <laughs> so, I'm sure, we can all guarantee that. We're gonna make them black blood. Uh, so that, that wraps up Raw though. Um, coming up next, we had Dynamite from this week and this was, they called it New Year's Smash. So starting it off, a big return for JR, you know, they actually gave him an entrance to come out to the table. The man. That was awesome. Um, and I believe he said he's cancer free. So congratulations to him. Glad to hear he's in good health. Jeremy, edit in the the thing with the little kids where it's Uh, all like, yay. (laughs) Yeah, I did in like a crowd noise for us. <laughs> I'll just take WD's crowd noise and put it in for us. Yeah, there, there you there go. You go. Um, <laughs> so our opening uh, contest was a, I believe, ten man tag team match: Matt Hardy, Private Party, and FTR versus Jurassic Express, Christian Cage, and the Lucha Brothers. In the end, the winners were uh, Matt Hardy, Private Party, and FTR. Uh, I mean, God, I see matches like this. I'm like, man, AEW loves their multi-men tag matches. It's a way to I, use I a bunch of guys. This show because it was like their last, yeah, yeah, it was their last TNT show. So I think it was just a way to just put everyone on there. Because uh, they there was like I don't know how many more multi-tag matches in this show, but oh, the next match is a multi-man tag. As well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was just like, well, it's the last TNT show, so they're just throwing everything at it right now. Um, and then the t- they say they didn't have Brian Danielson or Paige on this show, right? Yeah, because they just had video packages. 
So, no, it was just a, a video package later on for their rematch. Yeah. So they were, I mean, this match was, I mean, it was pretty good for an opener. Uh, Jungle Boy or Jun- Jurassic Express, I should say, because Luchasaurus is also very over. Uh, hopefully they're going to be tag team champions at some point soon. Have they ever, they've never become tag champs yet, have they? No. Because I think okay. they were waiting for crowds to come back to push uh, them because they they really need the crowd, uh, especially mm-hmm. Luchasaurus. Yeah. I like that. Um, this is like such a minor thing, but I, I'm telling you, it makes a difference. I like that Jungle Boy wet the hair. Adds like an edge to him. I know that sounds silly, but like it does. It like makes him a little bit more gritty looking. I like that. Well, all your favorite guys back in the day wet their hair. So it well, makes sense if you were kind of into well, that. Shawn Michaels is my he favorite wrestler. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm a wet barber. Hair, man. Yeah. I'm a barber. Yeah, dude, I, I do love wet, long hair. Um, oh. <laughs> and Triple H. Triple H was big on it back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was, dude, he's the OG, man. Well, no, I would say Brett. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, God, there was, yeah, Brett used to do the wet hair. That was his jam. Um no, but I just think sometimes when you have like the big like poofy hair and it's like flying around, it makes you look like it's more youthful. You know what I mean? Like, and when you kind of like, I can it, see that it just adds like kind of like a grittier edge to you. Like he came out looking more serious. I I felt like it was less like, oh look, it's Jungle Boy, and more like yeah, Jungle Boy's coming out to like beat some ass. You know? Like, I don't know. It just changed my perception a little bit it, yeah i really think that little things like that with your character go a long way facial expressions little changes that like i don't know it's in the long run i think the details help Alrighty. um after that we, like you <laughs> said there was another uh multi-man tag match this that's one my was favorite man it was proud and powerful. my favorite thing that you do all right who me yeah you say all righty <laughs> It's even funnier when Tim makes a joke and then you're just like, all right. <laughs> like, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so after our 10-man uh, tag match, we had another multi-man tag match. This one was a six-man tag. It was Proud and Powerful uh, team up with Eddie Kingston going against 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Winners in the end were 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. They attack afterwards, and then out comes Jericho to help them out. Afterwards, I mean, he runs out with a bat, and he doesn't, I don't think he even hit anyone with it. But, uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston, there seems to be some tension between him and Eddie Kingston. I don't know if Eddie was saying something along the lines of, like, he didn't need him or something like that, if you guys remember. Yeah, they were screaming yeah, like, in the ring, they didn't have a mic, but. Like, Jericho came to help, and Eddie Kingston was basically like, I don't need your help, go away, basically. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, do you guys think this is, you know, maybe we see a feud of Eddie and Jericho later? I mean, I think so. It feels like Jericho, uh, I think, Tim, you said this to me before, that the reason this why is what he does. You know, relevant he's the master. He on each person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like Eddie Anybody... Kingston's like the popular thing now. And then Jericho, yeah. Eddie, yeah, when Nick Gage, after yeah, Dark Side of the Ring, Jericho got was... hot for a second, he was like, all right, I'm doing a Nick Gage batch. Well, Jericho, Jericho was out for a little bit, right? Just a couple of weeks or so. This was like his first time appearing on TV. Yeah, it was since, on tour with Fozzie. Since what, getting attacked? But yeah, well, he went on tour with Fozzie, but he was taking off television because he got attacked by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, didn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. They they wrote them okay. on TV for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see where this goes. So then we had a backstage segment with uh, MJF, Sean Spears, and Wardlow. Um, you know, honestly, I can't remember what was talked about <laughs> backstage. I know there was. I do remember there being more tension with Wardlow and MJF and yeah. Sean Spears. Um, he made the joke I would about, only like, assume that MJF. Um, he made the MJF made the joke about stop doing so many power bombs, or he called it something funny. Uh, I can't remember yeah. exactly what it was, but yeah, yeah, because last week Wardlow's match was he did four power bombs <laughs> yeah. uh, in a row and destroyed that guy. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure MJF said something about CM Punk as well backstage. But I think the focus was more on the Wardlow Wardlow stuff and. Oh, oh, now I remember. Sorry, guys. It was about Wardlow signing a contract, and any belts that he earns or rings, they all just go to MJF. That's right, yeah. And so any, they were, yeah, they were forcing him to... As well. Yeah, so anything, you know, that's... What's, what's Wardlow's is MJF's, pretty much, yeah. so... <laughs> um, that led us into a backstage segment with Lucha Brothers, Jurassic Express, and Christian Cage... And then we had a match, which was Wardlow versus, never heard of the guy, but Colin Delaney. And Wardlow, uh, you know, <laughs> made quick work of this guy, smashed him. And then I believe Sean Spears, you know, had to add the finishing touches after the pin had already uh, gone down. He was on the ramp so. this time, walking back, and then Sean Spears, like, looks at him. and just hits him in the back of the chair, or back of the... Um, head with the chair i was like okay just a little love tap that's all it was um so yeah we we talked about before i mean yes i knew that was coming (laughs) every time um yeah so we've talked about this i mean wardlow eventually is gonna they're gonna be putting wardlow in that spot almost like uh that batista spot back in the day when he first left evolution um, I mean, I think fans are getting behind him more and more. I think they see the writing on the wall with him leaving MJF eventually. So just have to see where it goes. Some of that long-term storytelling. And it's going to be like kind of like finally he turns on him. So then everyone's going to be so mm-hmm. excited. It's like such a, such a slow yep. burn. Well, maybe he gives MJF his first singles match uh, loss. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he doesn't have a loss. Or a clean loss. You know, he's never lost cleanly. In the ring. So that led to a backstage segment with Adam Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly, and the Young Bucks. And after that, uh, well, that segment, they were just pretty much talking about the main event later in the night, which was, which is going to be Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and O'Reilly versus Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. You know, there's still some tension with the Bucks and um, Adam's friends that have come into the company now. But after that segment, we had one of our favorites, which is Dan Lambert <laughs> and the Men of the Year. Um, oh, I, God, okay. So I remember you guys texting in the group chat during this segment. Because um, while Dan Lambert's talking, you know, he's cracking all these jokes. Brandy Rhodes comes out. She makes some jokes, but they just fall flat. No response from the crowd. Tim, you text. He was like, God, Brandy sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And 
Uh, she said that she'll fight Dan Lambert, and then Dustin Rhodes comes out, and I think uh, I think he gets attacked, if I'm not mistaken, while he's out there. Yeah, he does. Or okay, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> do you guys even want to talk about this segment in particular? I know you guys were not fans well, of it. I don't think anyone in the arena was. She used the same. Brandy Rhodes used the same line that she said that one time against uh, Jade. I think it was. When she was like, who told you it was open night, Mike night? Uh, when she like first. Oh, that's out. how she like came out. Yeah. And that's what I yep. was like, well, you're using the same line. I'm like, I get that's a throwback, but it wasn't even that long ago. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. There's, it just, I, the only thing I thought was funny was the first line when she was like called him a less, uh, was it a lesser version of Paul Heyman? And he was like, I like Jim Cornette better. That was funny. Yep. Yeah. I like that. And then after right. that, I, mean, I didn't really care. <laughs> I was not crazy about the segment, to be honest with you guys. I uh, I don't know. I I really thought that we really? were going to be done very with this whole. <laughs> I would have thought you would love it. <laughs> well, I just I just thought we were going to be past all of this by now. You know, like I don't know. I think everyone else did too. Clearly, okay. Clearly, this dude. All this is, and it's pretty much been this from the beginning, is this dude, they can't get Jim Cornette, so this is this is the guy that basically fills the role to take that kind of heat. I guess. You think that's the reason? I think, I think that they, I think Tony probably thinks that it would, would be funny to have a character like Jim. But obviously they can't get the real gin. That just never it's never gonna happen. So... Tony Khan, man, as Dan Lambert <laughs> says. That was funny, like the first like I mean, look, two he... times he said it, I'm like, I don't care anymore. It's every week now, dude. It's every time. Oh. Tony Khan, man. Tony Khan, man. Yeah, I'm I'm not crazy about this. There's a few things on on the Dynamite Rampages shows. I'm not and I, you know what, like I feel like in the last few episodes I'm sounding like a Debbie Downer. But like the, I feel like the only thing I don't like Sean Spears, Dan Lambert. Uh, I've pretty much tapped out on Orange Cassidy, and like really, I don't feel like I complain about anything else, you know. And then those are fe- three, I think, fair. At least the Matt Hardy Orange Cassidy stuff is done. Yeah, I mean, no, look, Orange that. Cassidy is either your cup of tea or, well, yeah, right. He's gonna jinx it. Matt Hardy's and Orange Cassidy are gonna feud all twenty twenty two, but. Look, Orange Orange Cassidy is either your cup or tea, or he isn't. I thought it was funny for a while. Now I'm just kind of like, okay. But I, other than that, I don't really feel like I'm like that critical of of the show overall. No, and again, it kind of brings us back to the AJ Omos stuff. You know, there's people out there that that's what they want to see. They like Orange Cassidy a lot. I mean, I'm sure his shirts are one of the top sellers in the company. Well, Andy, and you have other fans that's just not their cup of tea. For instance, when Goldberg came back in 2003, we thought, like, to me, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. I'm sure at that time there were fans that were our age now that were like, yo, Goldberg sucks. He's not a good worker. You know, blah, blah, like all the Mark shit that people say. Yeah. Like, you know, but as kids, we were like, mm-hmm. no, this is going to be amazing. So... You know, there's probably through a kid's eye, you know, they probably see Omos versus AJ and think, 
oh, this will be great, you know, and they're excited for it. It's all perspective. And I'm trying, especially for the show, to kind of see things through other people's eyes, you know. Well, the Goldberg stuff in 2003 did not end up being amazing. It ended awfully at WrestleMania with him and Brock. He had like a pretty couple. They're very critical of his matches with Triple H, which if you go back and watch them, like honestly, they're not that bad. I think he's too hard on himself. He had so many, and he won one. Well, I mean, that's because Triple H was in his run of dominance. Illusion. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> it was cool to see him in the Elimination Chamber, and he speared Jericho through the chamber. I remember yeah. the second ever. That was one of the best ones, I think. Yeah. Um, it was stacked. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, after that Dan Lambert segment, we had a rematch video package for. Uh, this upcoming Dynamite, which will be the first Dynamite on TBS for now on. Rampages are staying on TNT, I believe, but Dynamite will now be on uh, TBS. And so they had a yeah, rematch video package for Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson, which will be on that show. I mean, lately they've been doing these kind of matches as like openers, but... You know, it couldn't main event, but now I don't even know what the way they go anymore. Uh, maybe on TBS they have more lenient way of like going over the 10 p.m. slot, since it's not like sports on that. Yeah, show. you could. Yeah, never know. Um, but that'll be an exciting match. I'm looking forward to that. Their first uh, hour long match they did was really good, so might be hard to top, but we'll see. Hopefully, we actually get a winner this time. That's all I really want instead of a draw. But you know. Tune in this Wednesday and uh, we'll find out. Like the fuel. After that, though, we had a uh... <laughs> dynamite. Uh... <laughs> uh, so after that, we had the semifinals match for the TBS tournament. It was Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill, uh, and your winner was Jade Cargill. Then a masked woman attacks Thunder Rosa afterwards. And it is Mercedes Martinez. Crowd I know she wild. popped up in Impact. Huh? So crowd went wild. wild. Was that so- they didn't go wild. <laughs> there was like, yeah, yeah, I know. There was, I, I was listening I was for reaction. There was like no face. reaction yeah. with them at all. <laughs> she was, she was in Impact though. I mean, she's not like considered all elite right now. She just is crossing over. I guess I don't know. Oh, really? They haven't announced that she's. Have they announced that she's all elite? I mean, I didn't see any post or just that she, you know, debuted on Dynamite, but. Yeah, wasn't it like a re-debut? I know. Because she was with them when they first started, I thought. And then she went to WWE. Was she? Because she was part of that mass group for a little bit with yeah, Mason T-Bar. That's a horrible idea. I don't even, re- I don't even yeah. remember that. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was during <laughs> during the um, was, quarantine and lockdown. It was pandemic, yeah. Yeah, oh god, it was it was rough. Um, so yeah, once Mercedes Martinez is revealed, then Ruby Soho comes out to help Thunder Rosa. But so it looks like the finals came down to what I called. I don't remember what you guys called, but I said it was going to be Ruby and Jade, and I still think Jade takes it uh, all the way. So I'm, I'm going with Ruby. This one. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's been announced when the final is, but yeah, I don't know. I would expect it to be sometime soon. 
Well, I mean, it would make sense if they do it this Wednesday on the debut of Dynamite on TBS for the TBS title to debut that night, you know? Yeah, because then their next pay per view. I really I mean, like if I was Jay booking Cargill. that shit, that's how I would do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, she's a star. She's not my traditional, like, what I like. You know, I'm all, you know, I don't know. It's funny. Like, I feel like I'm going to get the reputation. Like, oh, Tim only likes the guys who do the, you know, old school <laughs> working matches. I'm, I'm a, I, I like good workers. But, uh, I. You want to see real wrestling 70, 1972. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was the Chicago Flair and Steamboat. All right. Um, and, but no, I like, uh, I like Jade Cargo. I think she has a great look. She looks like a superstar. Uh, looks like she could like power slam you. Like she's, I don't know. She has a cool aesthetic to her. And I think if she just gets a little bit more ring time, she's going to be, she's going to be awesome. All right. Yeah. So I guess we're just going to have to see where that goes, but she hasn't lost yet. I know, I know Jade Car- Cargo has not lost a singles match. Um, since her time there, so she kind of she's kind of on that MJF route. But after uh, Ruby Soho had come out, we get a, a segment from CM Punk. Um, all I can think about is Tim talking about his haircut. I don't remember what was talked about during the promo. Um, I, th- I mean, obviously, it had to do with MJF in some way, um, and I believe it also had to do with going for the title. Eventually, do you guys yeah. remember anything specific from his promo? I don't know it's kind of hard after Tim was like, "Look at his haircut," and that's all I saw. But that's all I could focus on. <laughs> that's all I could focus on. Oh, okay, thanks, let's Tim. hang on. Let's explain yeah. to the people one thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm a barber by profession. All right, been doing it for almost a decade. I have it's an it's an unfortunate thing now that no matter where I go, all I can notice is people's haircuts. It's horrible. I hate it. So. The problem is, I'm looking at the television, and all of a sudden, CM Punk comes out with a slick back fade, and I'm like looking at it, and I'm like, "Oh, he got a haircut," because it's you know, as a barber, it's the first thing that I notice. So he comes out, and I'm like looking at his fade, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, man, there's a really bad line on the side of that fade." And then I like he like turns around, and I notice that like one side's kind of undercut, and the other side's kind of blended, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" So at that point. He's talking. I literally can't hear anything that he's saying. Like all I can stare at is is like what I would do to fix to fix that haircut. So, punk, you're the man. You get some cool haircuts that have inspired a lot of other cool haircuts. I don't know who that barber was, but bro, don't go back to that guy. Just get that clean fade. That's all I'm saying. Well, <laughs> what I think punk actually said in the promo. Um, was that he was basically like it was kind of weird actually because he said that basically like MJF doesn't want to have a match with him or is scared and keeps running and he just said well I'm just going to move on to things and I was like well they're just going to end this but then he said the thing about it would be a shame if someone got in his way to you know going for the title so I feel like Punk's going to follow him around in his matches then yep and it was cool to see after seeing Punk Oh, oh, and that brings me to this. Then he was talking about how he saw the Birdie Lee tribute show from this place, from the Daily's place, and it made him want to um, come to yeah. AEW. 
Yeah, that was pretty. That's cool. how I, he opened up the, uh, his segment. But after that, we had uh, Ricky Starks and Hobbs promo. I believe they were talking about Dante Martin a little bit. Um, I don't. I don't think they were talking about Hook at all. Though that's all they should be talking about is freaking Hook. They, they had. Oh, that was on Rampage. I was going to say they had a video package, but that's on Rampage for them. Yeah. So after that, then you had a promo video from Hikaru Shida. I still believe she's talking about Serena Deeb. Yeah. This is one of those feuds in AEW that will not die right now. So it's gonna be the fourth match. I think, uh, right? It's like something like that. <laughs> Within like two months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we had an in-ring segment from Brian Pillman Jr. Pretty much calling out Malachi Black, which you don't want to do. Lights go black. Um, Malachi Black goes out there. I uh, did he tap him out or kick him? I mean, it wasn't a match, but did he put him in submission or did he kick him? I don't remember. I honestly can't remember. Uh, I just remember okay. Tim was telling me that how Brian Pillman delivered that promo was kind of weird because he'd be like yelling very intense. It was a little bit, and then go back down. I think he was trying to he was trying to find an intensity that I just still know if he kind of was going like a little too hard. <laughs> like it just was coming off a little weird, and he's like, he's like, "Whoa, I'll turn it back." And he's like, "That's too far, turn back." And then I bring <laughs> yeah. it back up. He's like, he's like, "How could you attack um, me?" <laughs> so yeah, after Malachi Black does that, though, lights go black. He goes to disappear, but they turn the lights back oh, on too quickly because right. you can see him going through the tunnel <laughs> still. And then, uh, like, I mean, it was pretty good by the commentary team. They're like, oh, he's playing my games with them. I was like, oh, that was, that was a good uh, cover. But it was just really funny. Nice save, guys. <laughs> uh, so then we had a promo from the Acclaimed, which, I'm sorry, guys, I tune you out a lot whenever I see you on TV. You don't like the Acclaimed? No, nah, I'll listen to the raps when they come to the entrance, but yeah. I feel like they're always trying to be, like, too funny, and I'm just, it's just getting old. But I don't, I don't, I like their matches. It's just some of their problems. I'm just like, you have the one guy that's like the hype man, and then <laughs> <laughs> the other dude that's like doing most of the promo work. Yeah. Um. So then we had a, a another promo, and this one was from Sting and Darby. Um, I'm trying to think, who are they going against the, the right now? Just because the, the acclaim, acclaim oh, called them out. Oh, that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, they did an Acclaim promo, and then right afterwards they did a Sting and Darby Allen promo. So, obviously, both promos were connected with um, one another. Then we had uh, a video package for Ty Conti and Anna Jay te- teaming up to face Penelope Ford and the Bunny in a street fight this uh, coming rampage. That led us to our main event, which I thought was really good. Um, it was Adam Cole teaming up again with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly we just call them versus undisputed? the best friends. Is that all they call them? Just undisputed, no, I mean, should or should we? Just we... That? <laughs> That's you know the until they change it, yeah. until they give them a name. Sure. All right, so we basically have undisputed era facing the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Um, towards the end of the match, well, first off, I thought it was a really good match, but towards the end of the match, Kyle accidentally kicks Adam Cole. The Bucks come out to help secure the win. So your winners were Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. But because of that kick, you know, Adam Cole left with the Bucks. He didn't celebrate in the ring with Fish and O'Reilly. Um, so there's still that tension, you know. 
maybe some manipulation on the Bucks side to pull Adam away from them. But uh, yeah, what you guys think of this match and them being back together in the ring? It was really cool to see them in AEW all together. It's kind of weird, actually. But yeah, they they work so well together, and yeah, the the match itself was really great, and I like how they continued that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly have problems from WWE into here, like unfinished business. Yeah, yeah. so it was kind of cool. They don't just drop storylines when all of a sudden they leave the company. No, they know the fans aren't idiots. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> in this company at least, yeah. they know the fans aren't idiots. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And the Bucks and uh, how the Bucks and Adam Cole left together. It's just like it's great storytelling just to build up that tension and it's like it flip flops mm-hmm. each time. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to well, the tag to do. tag team division better watch out for Red Dragon, so Yeah. That was also another cool entrance. They came out to their to I don't know if what their old music was, but you know, the Titan and music was all for that team. Yeah. They didn't come out as individual wrestlers. That was really cool. So yeah, what about you, Tim? Um, I like, I mean, I thought it was awesome. I love Undisputed Era. So, I mean, I'm cool with it now. Maybe I you didn't think, like their opponents. It was whatever, you know, like, I just want them to get away <laughs> from this. I just want them like, okay, like, I, okay, you've done it. Like, I don't want to see any more of it, but, um, I'm excited for more Undisputed Era. What obviously I think they're going to go to is, uh, you know, the Bucks first undisputed era and then it's gonna be Adam Cole's gonna have to make a choice between the two. That's just what if if I had to predict what they were gonna do. And then and then like right now, like it seems like the Bucks are trying to convince him that oh you can't trust these guys and so it'll be I think it, that'll be cool once they get away from Orange Cassidy. I mean the logical next step is to pair them up to go against once Kenny returns, Kenny and the Bucks. Yeah, but you never know. So we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know if you, have you guys heard. Have you guys heard anything about his return or when? I haven't heard anything. Uh, no, yeah. I don't think. I don't think there's like a tentative date. You know, I think it's whenever. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's ready. Yeah, because I know he had. Like well, as long as they can keep. Right? He had a bunch of what? A bunch of injuries. injuries? Yeah. I don't know. I just know he even or after um you know, he lost the belt, no matter what he was gonna take time off anyway. So yeah. but you know, we'll have to see how this storytelling, you know, if they can keep it up all the way until you know, Kenny comes back. Um so that wraps up Dynamite though. SmackDown this week was, it wasn't a normal SmackDown. It was a New Year's special, which, because it took place on New Year's. Um, so they they weren't in an arena. They just did, like, top 10 moments of 2021 for SmackDown. So I'm sorry, guys. I did not watch it because it was no new content. I know some of the stuff was, like, the Bad Bunny match and um, I think, like, Edge and... Uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman at Mania, just things like that. But it was all stuff that you can just go to Peacock and go on their their page and watch it all. I mean, nothing new. So I didn't feel like there was nothing I really needed to cover or write down for it. Rampage, however, there was uh, two matches I wanted to talk about. 
One was that uh, tag match that there was a video package for that we just got done talking about. It was Ty Conti and Anna J versus Penelope Ford and the Bunny in a street fight. Your winners were Ty Conti and Anna J. These girls got bloody. There was thumbtacks. Um, I think it was the first women's street fight in AEW, which is one of the main reasons why I wanted to mention it. Well, they had the um, Thunder Rosa Britt Baker one before, but that was a non-sanctioned. Or whatever, oh, that was right? non-sanctioned. Yeah, yeah. So, whether this is your kind of style match or not, I just thought it was cool that it was like it was a first for AEW. Yeah. No matter how you felt about the match, but if you guys want to talk about how you felt about the match, I I didn't feel expect free. this at all from the match because uh, I was going in and I was like, all right, it's gonna be probably like decent. That's usually what. Uh, all four of these women usually give but this was i thought this was like the this was the best match on the show like better than the cody match the bunny was covered in blood yeah. by the end and that was like actually and pretty t- cool because did was, too yeah her character yeah. was like all of a sudden like a psycho then like covered in blood yep yeah that was how about you tim gnarly. it was gnarly it was it was a little cray cray that's, I'm not a big hardcore wrestling fan. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. But yeah, I know. It's a little crazy. Um, but yeah, like you had mentioned, Jeremy, there was another match on that show, and this was the main event, um, which we had previously said before in the other episode when Dan Lambert had come on TV. He said that either Scorpio Page or Ethan Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page <laughs> get uh get the winner of Sammy and Cody. And Cody had won, and I guess men of the year uh, went to go with Ethan Page to go up against Cody next. So the main event of Rampage was Cody Rhodes versus Ethan Page for the TNT Championship. Uh, your winner was Cody Rhodes. I think he has a new shirt out. It's like heel. It's like a checkbox. It says heel, baby face, and then it's just under that is winner. And it uses what Dan Lambert calls his... Uh, Transformers tattoo as the checkbox marker. All right, but, that one got. So what? Me. I mean, are we supposed to just <laughs> even the even oh, the audience said that about the Transformers? Even the audience like that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was that last week when he said it, or was that this week? Was that on Dynamite? He's every week now, so all of his promos are blending together. Yeah. I mean, he says the same thing every week. So. But either way, yeah. <laughs> Tony Khan, man. I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, are we just supposed to think like Cody's not a heel, not a face? He's just, he's just, a, he's just the guy in between. He's just a winner out for himself. I mean, that I mean, that's like the way. You're like, look, you're gonna boo me, but I'm not gonna pretend to be a baby face anymore. But I'm not a bad guy, you know, hurting people, attacking people after the match, kind of typical heel stuff. Yeah, he just wants to win, and Arn and his Glock want him to win too. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Ever since and I'll Arn have Arn in it, my... I can look at him the same. I'll have Arn and his Glock in my corner. <laughs> but uh, what do you guys think about the match? It was okay. It was decent. I think it wasn't anything special, really. That's why I'm not I that like... big of an Ethan Page fan. I've said it before. Yeah. I'm just... And I, I think I'm pretty sure that they're going to use like Scorpio Sky against Cody now for the. The title. I'm like, why would? Oh, now he's gonna get a shot because the one guy couldn't yeah. do it. So now, well, because they give the other man of the year chance. Like, so they're continuing. I was like, all right, well, this is kind of pointless now. Dan Lambert comes back next week. If you're a real champion, <laughs> yeah. you'll take on Scorpio Sky too. Yeah. 
Um, so plot, yeah, that wrapped up. Plot twist: Rampage joins Dan Lambert. Oh God! See, that's what you got to do now. Do that now. I'm reinterested. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, but then you can't have Arn and Dan Lambert. No, you get rid of Arn. Arn's the sympathetic. Maybe he puts Arn in a concrete crypt. <laughs> what? No, you don't. You don't. You don't want to do that. You don't kill him. He just disappears. For fans who don't know what I'm talking about, it's when the Undertaker put um, Paul Bearer and basically <laughs> killed him on live on TV. But hey, he, he didn't kill him. him. He wasn't killed. If you think about he it, just made him disappear. Yeah, if you think about it, Undertaker's killed many people on TV <laughs> on live TV. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, we didn't kill him. We just he just went away for a little while. <laughs> just went away for a while. He like strike someone with lightning before. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's God. What he freaking like crucified Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yeah, back in the done, day. The Undertaker's done right. some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that wrapped up Rampage. And normally, with our new schedule, our recording schedule, we'd be ending there. But we actually got a pay per view last night, and that was day one. Excuse me. And so it's a premium live event. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I, I wanted to mention that, by the way. Oh, WWE is now not calling their pay-per-views pay-per-views. They are premium live They're events. just so cool. They're weird. <laughs> WWE is weird as hell with some of these decisions sometimes. I just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, You know, Vince probably heard that somewhere, and he was like, you know what, we should call that our pay-per-views that. I'm like, yeah, He didn't come up with that himself. Someone had to, yeah. you know, put it in his ear, I feel like. He's like, but boss, they're not actually paying for it. He's like, it's a premium live event. Which is like, how, so, how are they going to say that when they're like building up to it? They're like, on our next premium live event. It sounds weird. It's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, no more saying WrestleMania on pay-per-view. WrestleMania, right. the premium live event. It doesn't, it doesn't have the same it's effect. Like if you're cutting a promo and you're like, this Sunday on pay-per-view. <laughs> Instead, it's like, this Sunday <laughs> You go on Peacock, you'll see a premium live event. <laughs> it doesn't work. Also, I like to use Triple H's voice as a, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, as your promo. Yeah, of course. So with day one, um, I watched after it already aired. So because of that, I missed the kickoff show. Did you guys get to see the t- kickoff match? Yeah, I'm, Tim. Did you? It see was it? Cesaro, Cesaro and Ricochet versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. And the winners were Sheamus and Ridge Holland. So since I didn't watch it, I figured I would just pass it over to you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did read like Ridge Holland broke his nose. <laughs> yeah, I was think, gonna say he match. didn't finish the match. <laughs> okay, which is made it kind of awkward because you know obviously Sheamus and Holland were the uh, the heels in it, and so then when Holland broke his nose, and they were like, "All right," the doctor was like, "Can't you know like uh, he can't finish the match?" So they went to the back. So it made this weird dynamic of Ricochet and Cesaro against Sheamus, who's the heel, but now he's like the underdog in the match. And so, I, I, other than that, though, it was a really good match. Cesaro and Sheamus worked really well together, and they, I mean, they always do, but I always like them like, yeah. facing each other rather than tag teaming. Well, yeah. Ricochet's been popping up on matches more and more ever since he got moved to SmackDown. Great. Yeah, it's kind of nice so to see him, you know. Um, yeah, how about you, Tim? 
I know you're a big Seamus fan. I yeah, dude. I was <laughs> worth like, at least. Sounded like Steve-O. Sounded like Steve-O there. For yeah, time. dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> now I like. <laughs> I, I like Seamus. He's a cool. Uh, he's cool. Um, I gotta find a better descriptive. You say he's a cool. Yeah, he's a cool. He's a cool like Mario. Um, no, he uh, is very intense, and I like how everything that he does looks very physical, and that he's actually in a fight. Those are like my favorite things about him. Uh, I thought the match was. Well, I'm sure him and Cesaro. No, I think I was just saying. I'm sure him and Cesaro together against each other was hard hitting and stuff and intense. Like, oh yeah, and Cesaro's a similar way. Yeah, and you know, given the circumstances, I think they had the best match that they could. Really, I thought this whole pay per view, this whole premium live event was really good, except for one match. We'll get into it. There was one match that I was like, "There's just something off about this," but. Keep going. Really, I have two matches that I thought were weird. Maybe I'm forgetting um, one. But we'll get yeah, we'll get into it. So the opening match uh was my favorite match on the show. I think you guys might all agree too. It was the Usos versus the New Day uh for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The winners were the Usos. These guys have never missed I mean they they these two pairs against each other have been put on kickoff shows and stole the show because it was the best match on the entire card. I mean, what an opener. This match was awesome. Yeah. And and the, and the Usos won with a 3D. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's insane because, yeah, they face each other like how many times? And it's still every single time you see it, they're like, this is a five-star match. Yeah. That's insane. They're, they're, both teams are so good. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a match of the night for me. Yeah, that was the best match on the card as far as like an actual working standpoint. Um, bell to bell. Uh, I I loved it. I, I even texted you guys during it. I was like, man, the Usos are so good. Like, I think they're very underrated. Like, if they were in AEW facing some of those teams, man, there'd be some banger, banger tag team matches. I feel like they they just can read each other and they like as a unit they work really well together. They're just they know where they need to be for each spot that they do. Um especially when it's like a double team kind of spot. Yeah, and I don't want to really no offense to them, but I don't really want to see them as like a singles, you know? Like I think they work just I don't know. I think them as a tag team is where it's at. Yeah, I mean, we had Jey Uso, main event Jey Uso, for a little while <laughs> um, before Jimmy came back. But, you know, I mean, and it's funny because when he went on his own for a little bit, he was never the talker during, like, when they were a tag team beforehand. And then he kind of came into his own. Um, so that was kind of cool to see. But I definitely prefer them as a, you know, team rather than singles, like you said. Um, but after that match, we had Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. And your winner was Drew McIntyre. I, I want to point out that before Jeff Hardy got released, him and Drew were doing tag matches and teaming up against Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. So I would think that 
it probably this match maybe would have originally been a tag team match with those two teams for against the record, them. But for the record, Sad Corbin way better, way funnier. I actually kind of liked it to be honest with you. Oh, the Corbin, <laughs> Corbin that's about to kill himself, <laughs> dude. Nice. When he was like, when he was just like, yeah, and then I, you know, and then I need a hundred dollars, and then she took all my money, and then after that I. Also, my Bitcoin. <laughs> like, everything just kept going wrong for him. I thought that shit was so funny. Now he's happy, man. His life's good. Now happy. He's happy got Corbin mad cat with him. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of the match, though? This match went, I think, it, it, 10 minutes. It wasn't very long. Yeah. Um, I thought it could have I been I didn't shorter. think it was terrible. It was exactly what I thought it would be, though. Not much of a story was built around these two guys. I felt like it was, what can Drew do? Put him yeah. on this. He's been doing a little bit of feud with them, but I mean, it was. I think it was like a last minute announcement too from like the previous SmackDown. Right. You know, it, it didn't build over weeks. And I think they said that Drew is taking time off now for like an injury or just having some time off. He, his neck. He he has a neck injury and he worked through the match with the neck injury. Yeah, that's right. actually. Yeah. From what I read, yeah, um, a- yeah. Tim, what are your thoughts? Um, was this one of the weird ones for you? This is one of the weird ones for me. There's actually this, yeah, this is one of them. But you reminded me of this one. There's actually another one that I really didn't like. Uh, that was shortly after this. Um, well, the next match after this one was uh, RK Bro versus the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Winners were RK Bro. We had Migos for I mean for some reason sitting out there by the announcers. That was random. I tweeted uh, during I tweeted during the show. Random. I tweeted during the show. I said, "Yo, Joe Budden about to run in with a steel chair because he hates Migos." <laughs> <laughs> um, this match. This match. I mean, both teams are really good. Randy Orton is so good still, even at his age. It's just ridiculous. Um, you know, Matt, both the, but everyone in these teams were really good. The match, I mean, the match, I'm not saying was like amazing or anything, but it was a good tag team match. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. I'm still not a fan of RK pro. I don't know if I'm the weird one, but, uh, I just never like get them, I guess. Or, or do the crowd loves them. I know, but I'm That's just the like, thing. <laughs> why? But, uh, other than that, Randy Orton, yeah, he makes it look effortless and he's like, what, 40 now? Or almost 40? I think it's in his 40s. He's got to be over 40. Yeah, he's in his 40s. I'll look it up right now. But yeah, he's he makes everything look so easy. And is like, you know, he never misses a step, no matter what match is in. Randy Orton is 41. 41, yeah. He's, a, he's young still. AJ Styles is he's old. young still. One of the older, I mean, one of the older people backstage, talent wise, but I mean, he's still guys, young. Guys are I mean, AJ's like so forty something. Yeah, isn't Jericho like fifty now too? But yeah, yeah, what were your thoughts on this match, Tim? Um. Well, yeah, it's hard for me because Randy's great, Matt Riddle sucks, but it's. Uh... <laughs> no, nah, Matt Riddle. That was great. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to. We'll have to get on a hot take on that 
at some point. Not not tonight because we don't have time, but we'll, we'll have to get on a Matt Riddle. Well, debate. speaking of Riddle, <laughs> speaking of Riddle though, um, he has been doing this thing with NXT two point for MSK. Uh, he was discovered to be the shaman that they were looking for for week after week, and um, so they MSK lost their titles a little while back to Imperium. So this might actually be a good match, but what they've done is they've added a match to New Year's Evil. It's Matt Riddle teaming up with MSK against Imperium and Walter. Now Riddle and Walter in the ring is probably going to be really hard hitting. I would I would yeah. think. Um, so that could be a good match, but yeah, you can catch that this Tuesday on NXT's premium live event, uh, New Year's Did Eve. We get paid for that? Did we get paid? Only, for yeah, only <laughs> on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we can we could talk about real another time, but Terms the match after Peacock. that tag match, <laughs> the next match was Edge versus The Miz. Now. Couple of things. Edge came out to the brood entrance. That's always cool. And then his mu- his regular music hits. Um, Maurice ended up getting involved in the match. She hit Edge with her purse. Because of that, Beth Phoenix comes out and distracts Miz. Edge goes for a spear. One, two, three. This, I mean, it, I think it's pretty clear. It sets up for Edge and Beth ver- versus uh, Miz and Maurice. Thing I want to say about this match, guys. It was probably my least favorite match on the show. I did not think it was match. very good. Yeah. And, and, and it hurts me to say that about the edge match, but it's like, I felt like they were filling time. Um, I'm, look, this run of edge. This is great talker, but like, uh, <laughs> this is great talker, you know, and he's, he's faced a bunch of people, but I don't know him being paired up with Edge. I just maybe they, you know, some people just don't mesh well together in the ring, and I just was it was blah to me. I don't know about yeah. you guys. It was, but it was my least favorite match, and I wanted to like it because Edge was in it, but I just couldn't. It felt like a lot of like rest holds in this, which I was like, yeah, it's very boring when they do that. Like there's that style yeah. of WWE that- matches where they have those rest holds, and I'm like, ugh. And this was that match for me. Yeah, this is the match I was talking about. And I'm, I didn't, this is the I match. Really, I, this was the match that I thought was weird. I really didn't think that you guys were going to pick this one. I thought I was going to be the bad guy, but yeah, this match was weird. I just, I was like, come on! It's one of those things with like Edge, man. Like I try so hard. I'm like, dude, I want to like it. It's going to be good. And like I'll force myself, and then I'm just like, no, nah, it's just not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, and it just—it felt like it dragged on because I was yeah. just not being interested in it. I was like, ah. "So, do you think they do the um, <laughs> Edge and Beth versus Marie, Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania then?" Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, if they don't, yes. I'll be very surprised. Yeah, this is gonna be the second time Miz has been in a tag match with his wife at WrestleMania. The other one was what uh, John Cena and Nikki. Oh, that's right. <laughs> And that's when he proposed to her afterward, I think. Yeah, so I would just, you know, you want to hear a good WrestleMania match? Edge and AJ. That's <laughs> freaking show stealer. Fuck that shit. And he's like been saying it for months. He's like, Edge and AJ. God, dude. Why you do it? All I want. Like, I'll be fine with the Edge run. Just it. show me that. Yeah. 
So anyway, after the Edge and Miz uh, match, we had the Raw Women's Championship match. It was Becky Lynch versus uh, Liv Morgan. Your winner was Becky Lynch. I thought the ending was a little weird. I like almost didn't see it coming. Uh, I think something happened with Liv. She was sitting on the rope, and Becky Lynch did like a pump handle slam from that sitting down position of the rope, and just like threw her down, kind of thing. But I don't know. I thought it was it was like abrupt. It was quick. Yeah, it was weird. Sometimes you can see the ending build, and I just didn't see it build for that. But yeah, your winner was Becky Lynch. Um, I don't know if they're going to continue any any more of the program with Liv and her. But I, because I'm a fan of Liv Morgan, and so is a lot of the audience. You know, they could tell you could tell they were into her. They also really like Becky too. So, um. But like before, if she wasn't getting all these opportunities, I would have said that she's my pick for the women's uh, Royal Rumble. Now I'm like, I I don't know who else they've been pushing. Yeah, I have no idea who else because I, mean, I I really like Liv too, and yeah. I don't know. I I have no idea who else they have right now in that position. Yeah, I heard Sable, so, I heard Sable's um, coming back to F five. Everybody. God. No, actually, Sable's team out with Brock to take on the Miz and Maurice. In yeah. Edge and Beth. <laughs> it's a triple threat. That would be so awful. I would hate that. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Brock, that brings us to our main event. So, if you, if our listeners don't know, Roman Reigns came down with COVID. He tested positive, which, you know... For his um, what is it? Was he have leukemia? Or yeah, he it's had a, it's leukemia. A, he has a had leukemia, but it's, it's like though. blood cells are always like com- compromised. Yeah, and so for him to get COVID, that was one of the reasons why he was away for so long before was he wanted you know the uh the curve to go down as you could say for uh positive test results, but. Yeah, so, I mean, it's actually probably kind of dangerous that he, he got it, but, you know, hopefully he'll be all right. But because of this, because him being out, not on the pay-per-view, well, you still, you got Brock coming all that way. You got to put Brock somewhere on the card. You can't just fully cancel Brock in appearance. You know, he's he's like an event. Happy Brock. Some would say uh, he's a premium live event. Oh, but but uh, you got to put him somewhere. So what WWE did is they added him to the men's Fatal 4-Way for the WWE Championship, which was originally Bobby Lashley, Biggie, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens. Well, they made it a Fatal 5-Way. And yeah, let's get into the match. So your winner in the end and new champion is Brock Lesnar. Um, I pointed out to you guys, this is the first time Lashley and Brock have ever been in the ring that I know of. I know it was one of the dream scenario matches. That's insane. At least one-on-one over years. Yeah. Uh, early on in the match, uh, Lashley spears Brock through the barricade. So Brock is down for a little while. I loved Seth and Owens working as a team. I thought it, they did really well. Um... One thing I, I will say is that Brock ended up F5ing Big E and pinned the champion for the win. 
like I said before, Biggie's run, like God, feels so bad for the guy. Yeah, I feel really like bad. you pinned the champion. Yeah. Um, it almost felt like uh, like another Kofi incident. Yeah. Like they made Kofi's run lackluster, and Brock just like you all see the you see the picture of after the match. Did did you any of you guys see the picture after the match of Biggie on the side of the ring when Brock was walking up the ramp? Yeah, he was like, like way no. after the match was over. Dude, it was sad as hell. No, I'm what sure. was the picture? It was just him sitting on the side. Brock's already halfway up the ramp. Like the match is over. He's already celebrating, and Biggie's just like sitting there, just like bummed out. It, it's it's. I feel bad for him. It sucks that the thing is, I everything. I like that Brock won. I just feel bad for Big E. I'm all here for Brock being champ. Yeah. It just makes you wonder, though, what would the result have been of the match if Brock wasn't added? Well, there was that. Would Big E have the, still lost? The report. I mean, was that Big E was going to retain then? Really? So that makes it even tougher then. So I'm like, that's shocking to me. Okay, I didn't. So yeah. think about think about knowing that, but, and then something happens, and then you are going to have this probably a WrestleMania moment, or at least you know yeah. something big coming up, and they had to switch it. What also makes me wonder, that. though, is that I because I thought the original pr- plans for Roman and Brock were to con- continue it to Mania. So yeah. now, what happens with those plans? It's weird. Like now, I don't understand. Do they, they unify go. the titles again? Yeah. Do does Brock and Big E have a rematch? Yeah, it's it's weird because I mean, they would put Brock into his match, which made no sense at all. But I didn't really care because it was Brock. I was like, that's pretty cool then. And he won, which I was like, yeah, I was excited about it. But then, of course, it's Big E. But now it's like, what? Did, what? The when he fights Roman is going to be like, yeah, for like the unification of the titles, I guess. If they if they go with that, yeah. or I don't know. I mean, does it, would Brock have beaten Roman if Roman wasn't out? Like, I don't yeah. know where they would have gone. I I would think he would have lost, and Paul Heyman would have been involved in that match somehow. Right. But now. See, I loved that storyline that was going on with Paul Heyman and Roman Brock, and now you just have to cut it. Yeah, unless no they find a doing. way to write it back in. My prediction, if I can and throw it out, it's there. like you hope that Roman's good. Go for oh, it. Oh well, well, yeah. I mean, the main thing is making sure that Roman, who is immune compromised, is okay. And but yeah, it, it was just like the whole the whole main event was kind of a bummer. Roman being sick was a bummer. Biggie having to drop the belt is a bummer. Um, but what I was going to say is, this is just my prediction. How far how far out are we from Mania right now? How many months? Like three, four? When the Mania beginning of April usually? Yeah, or about four. Yeah. So I can look up exactly when it is, but I thought the plan. I thought the plan was to have yeah, Rock versus Roman. The Rock versus Roman. Is that I what think not... that's next year? Next, like twenty twenty three. I think that next year? was talked about, but it's next. Yeah, I think it's yeah. twenty twenty three. So April third, twenty twenty two, is this year's Mania. Well, they're they're so we're basically exactly at... four months. They're hinting at something with Lashley and Lesnar. They're sprinkling seeds. Or no, three months, there. actually. Oh, you think Lashley and Lesnar are Mania? I mean, that's a big well, maybe not, event. maybe not, not maybe not Mania, but there's something brewing there. You know what? It also makes me think about though. Remember how we always said that 
Roman as the champion is the the champion. What about now? Well, now if you do Brock as champion is a big deal too. Well, you have a chance now to make the belt mean something again. So if they do a unification match at Mania, think about how important the title will finally be again. If you have one fucking champion. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it's... You can end this. Oh, like, you could end this whole thing. Yes. Like, this whole two belts thing. We could finally, like... Because it's the, it's the perfect path. How many times have they done that? They, they yeah. do it, they take it away, they do it. And they'll be like, here's another one. It's like the fourth title. time. Here's the Galaxy title. Hey, they, I don't know. They could bring back the world, they could bring back the world Heavyweight. <laughs> bring back the World Heavyweight. Yeah. The classic one. Yeah, right the here, baby. Triple H one. Big gold. <laughs> bring back the, the original Brock title. The original Undisputed yeah. Championship. That's my favorite. Got, got this bitch right here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Raw's tomorrow night, so I'm guessing Brock will probably be on it in some fashion, and maybe we can see where where it goes from here. Yeah. Um, if Brock is not going to feud with Roman at Mania, and Drew becomes better by then, you could always do Drew and Roman. That's a big main event. Yeah. Now that they're both on SmackDown. But I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see. For me, Drew. That wraps up uh, day one. For me, Drew has lost. Drew's lost. Drew's what? For me, Drew's lost his um, spark. Yeah, but uh, I the report I read, and I I don't know how accurate it is, is that they did the angle with him being injured because he has real neck injuries in real life that he has to go get taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If if he feels better by then, but I I mean I. I doubt it. I mean, it's a neck injury. It's not a little thing. So, well, does that wrap everything? Up that about week, wraps guys? up day one. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we appreciate you all joining us for episode seventeen. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the PW Fan, and go to Instagram and follow Andy's Funko Pop Collection at the Four One Zero Fan Bros. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week on the PW Fan Podcast. Bye-bye.